International research predicts that in the next decade, India will surpass a frightening landmark: one million smoking-related deaths annually. What are the unique challenges of spreading information on the dangers of smoking throughout India, and how is India reducing the scourge of smoking-related illnesses? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and our guest today is Dr. Prabhat Jha, Professor of Health and Development and Founding Director of the Center for Global Health Research at the University of Toronto. Dr. Jha is the lead author of impactful research published on the current smoking epidemic in India. Welcome, Dr. Jha. Thank you for having me, Mark. Today we are discussing strategies to curb India's soaring smoking-related mortality rates. Dr. Jha, how has India found itself in this position of struggling through a smoking epidemic? Well, I think India is not dissimilar from many developing countries where smoking has not been taken seriously up until recently. That it's been viewed as well. This is something that. Smoking is a problem for the West, but it's not a concern for developing countries. That being said, I think there's some good signs. The Indian Health Minister, Dr. Anmubani Ramadas, is absolutely dedicated to tobacco control. He's been outspoken and spoken out against even Bollywood types that have been smoking on screen. He's been a great supporter of our research and has asked for more of this kind of research to get widespread public understanding. For those who are unfamiliar. With the term Bollywood, could you define that? Well, Bollywood is like Hollywood actors, but with a lot more dancing and theatrics would be the way I would describe it. But the cinema industry in India is produces three times as many films as come out of Hollywood and all、really? of the U.S. Yeah,、uh, every year there's just a huge number of films, and it's very much a common cultural icon. People know all the movie stars, and they. Have their favorite movie stars and so forth, so they're a profound influence on cultural practices and certainly on smoking. So, getting them engaged to try to understand the risks, I think, is part of it. And you know, when we we brought out our paper, we had supporting quotes from Bollywood figures saying that you know, these risks are really terrible and Indians shouldn't get caught in the cycle of disease that the West has. There's no reason to. What do you think are the greatest challenges to communicate this smoking information to the people of India? Well, I think the illiteracy is a major challenge. You know, given that half the tobacco deaths that we found were in the illiterate population, so innovations on how to get these risks understood by people is a real challenge. I think pictorial warning labels are a big part of that, and things like higher taxes. Well, you don't have to depend on education levels for those taxes work on everyone. Particularly, they work on the poor. That's going to be the challenges, really, of implementation of what these recommendations mean, which is take tobacco control seriously and try to get current smokers to quit. But I'm optimistic that I think,、uh, like other countries, if people in India have information, they've got good local leadership, and they get some modest support. Then they would be able to start to see the end of this large increases in smoking that have been suggested. If you take an example, look what happened in China. China ten years ago had 
about the same quitting rate as India, about 2% of Chinese had quit smoking in a 1996 survey, about the same percentage that we're finding now. Then what happened is they had a major paper in the British Medical Journal on smoking risks, which was widely disseminated, and they had a world conference on smoking or health in 1997. Fast forward 10 years later, and by some surveys, up to 10% of Chinese adults are reporting to be ex-smokers, perhaps 9 to 10%. So India is basically where China was 10 years ago, and in China, not much else happened. Like The government didn't do a lot on the control side except for keep its ban on advertising in place. That basically prevented kind of like a Virginia Slim's female epidemic, but otherwise they didn't do much more. They didn't raise prices or they didn't do other things. But even with that, ex-smoking rates have gone up in China. So in India, 10 years later, we've got also much, I think, much stronger leadership on tobacco with the health minister. We've got now evidence which is locally relevant. And there's the World Conference on Tobacco or Health will be held in Bombay. So I'm hopeful that the combination of all those will spur widespread public attention to tobacco as a risk and mean that both smokers will quit and the government will do the simple things which will help more people quit. Why do you think there was such a significant difference between China and India? The consequences of smoking are different in those populations. You know, in China, a lot more smoking-related deaths from respiratory disease and lung cancer than in India. In India, we see mainly it's tuberculosis and heart disease. In China, it was mainly respiratory disease, lung cancer, and other cancers. So those are just different epidemics in terms of the consequences of smoking. But what has happened in China was the publicity around the risks, plus the World Conference, in my view, has spurred people to take tobacco a bit more seriously and quite broadly, meaning all parts of society seem to be understanding that. And as a result, quit rates seem to be going up. In India, that hasn't happened yet, but I'm hopeful it will. You know, if you put the two countries together, even a 10% increase in smoking cessation is something like 40, 50 million fewer smokers, which is about the total number of smokers in the United States. And that would be significant in terms of how many lives are saved. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and with me today is Dr. Prabhat Jha, Professor of Health and Development and Founding Director of the Center for Global Health Research at the University of Toronto. We are discussing strategies to reduce India's soaring smoking-related mortality rates. Dr. Jha, one of the conclusions of your study stated that if you quit smoking, you certainly improve your situation. What about if someone says, well, instead of smoking 10 cigarettes a day, I'll cut down to five? What we found is if you look, let's just say at BD smoking, which is the most common, the risks are significant even at low levels of smoking. And this has been the the popular understanding that, well, in India, if you do surveys of smokers, actually among the smokers, they smoke less cigarettes or BDs per day than would a Western smoker. So one of the things that people have been thinking is, okay, well, it means smoking is not as harmful. But we found, in fact, there's no such thing as safe levels of smoking. If you smoke one to seven BDs a day, and then the average in that group is four, 
then the risks increased by 30% of death in middle-aged men. If you smoke 8 to 14 cigarettes, it goes up to 50%. If you smoke 15 or more, it goes up more than twofold. So there's certainly no such thing as safe levels of smoking. There's risks even with the modest amount of smoking that is recorded in India. If you take a BD and compare it to an American cigarette in terms of toxic substances, how do they compare? The BDs contain about a quarter of the tobacco as cigarettes. And we find, in fact, that the risks for cigarettes are substantially greater than those for BDs. I mean, both are toxic for you, and even modest amounts of smoking are toxic for you. But cigarettes, particularly larger number of cigarettes per day, are particularly hazardous. In terms of the toxic constituents, there has been some work to see if something else goes on in BDs, and that evidence isn't quite clear. But clearly, they will have other toxic substances, which may increase particular diseases. You know, perhaps they have an impact on specific types of cancers and so forth. That's not well-researched. Are there movements in India to ban smoking from public places? There are, and there have been some attempts, for example, to do things around the 2010 Commonwealth Games, which will be held in Delhi, and certainly banning around hospitals and schools and so forth. But my view is that those bans won't be effective unless there's widespread public understanding of the risks in a way that encourages people, if you will, to self-regulate on smoking, meaning there's a more of a social norm pressure that you know, someone will actually say, do you mind not smoking? This is a smoke-free place. So that self-enforcement is key, and awareness of the risks that individual smokers face is part of that. Won't this be enforced by the establishment? the hotels, the restaurants? The enforcement capacity is limited, right? I mean, how many government inspectors can you reasonably think of sending around to check all the restaurants when there's millions of restaurants in India? So that's going to be part of it, and prominent fines and making sure that those that are flagrant violators are identified and punished. Uh, That's going to be part of it. But I think the more important part will be self-enforcement, just enabling people to understand that non-smoking is the better norm. And indeed, that's what's happened in most parts of the U.S. Is there any indication that you have how people in India are reacting to this research and education? Well, it's very early. Our paper just came out in mid-February, but certainly the widespread coverage of it has been encouraging that it was on all of the major broadcast channels and all of the major newspapers. The main video release of it is playing on YouTube, and it's been translated into regional languages. It's showing in some schools as part of their curriculum. So the word is getting out, but clearly one study won't be enough. I think a sustained effort to try to get information in a way that people really understand. So this isn't just dry academic research. It's really trying to get good information that people really understand, and making it understandable is part of the challenge. And what about in 2009, when India is hosting the world's largest symposium on smoking and health? How do you expect that conference to impact smoking in India? I think it'll be like the China conference in 1997. It'll shine a light on the epidemic in India and more broadly within South Asia, meaning in Bangladesh and Pakistan and the like. And so hopefully that will put attention on the need for tobacco control and will spur the government to adopt the things we know work. The starting point is 
governments have to take tobacco seriously, and they do that when societies take it seriously and there is popular demand for tobacco control. I think that is going to happen in India. It's already started, and it's going to accelerate. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Prabhat Jha. We have been discussing strategies to curb India's soaring smoking-related mortality rates. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, now featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening. I'm Dr. David Hellman with Johns Hopkins Bayview in Baltimore, and you're listening to the first national radio channel created specifically for medical professionals, ReachMD XM 157.